What up, y'all? This is Keith Cooper, Blurtish, back again with a whole new episode. Uh, Mark Wallace couldn't join me. He's uh, doing his other podcast, possibly, with Mike T. You know, he's special. He he does multiple podcasts and dance around the podcast sphere doing Mark Dub things. But today, that's all right. Got a special guest. Got a local talent here right out of Baton Rouge. Um, a good friend a supporter, a great artist, a teacher of the arts, and all-around dope otaku. <laughs> and just, just been in anything in art that you can name and have been a part of. He's been a part of. He's also was a part of, uh, I believe, our first Mid-City Microcon. He was a guest and a moderator. Um, actually, he was a guest. He was up there with Jason Reeves, I believe, and the Tuskegee Airs. Yeah. When I say he's been around the scene, and we need to get you back in Mid-City Microcon as well, too. Um, introduce yourself. Good evening. Good evening. I'm Nathaniel Alphonse Joseph Landry. <laughs> said the whole name. Said the whole name. The whole name. The whole name. Um. I'm an artist, a visual artist here in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. And um, I'm happy to be here, to be on Blurtish, man. It's been a long time coming, that's for certain. But I'm glad uh, we made it happen. Yeah, man, I apologize. Like, I ain't seen Nate, but I saw Nate at the con, like, because he be so busy. Like, we all be so busy. I see Nate around. You know, I see him online, but Nate be busy, man. Like, Nate was out here, you know. <laughs> He like he I saw him in Barnes and Noble randomly, and I don't think I've seen you. I don't know if that was before the microcon a few years ago or right afterwards. Man, I, yeah, I have, like uh, it, yeah, it was around. Yeah, probably probably was around that time. You know, I think I think the last time I seen you, you had a uh, you had a pop up at um over at uh the Atomic Pop Shop when it was open on Government Street. So see that right there, let you know that was about two years ago. At least that was about two, three years ago. Yeah. But it feels like I just saw him because but I see him all the time online and he's always doing stuff. But you know, time flies when you when you're busy, man. That's how you know when you're busy in life, when you're working hard, you're working on your craft, and you ain't got time for a bunch of you know nonsense out in these streets. <laughs> yeah, we already know how it go down out here. Oh so, man, yeah, you have to definitely have to be focused and uh and have your stuff together. Otherwise, you'll get swallowed up for sure. <laughs> so before we get into your new project, uh, I guess give people a little bit of background of your art. Uh, what got you into art, your history, and what you've been doing lately, per se, in the art world out here and abroad. Okay, cool. Um, well, um, my father Nathaniel Landry. Oh, I'm not a junior because uh. He doesn't have two middle names. So my mom, Eleanor Landry, she gave all my siblings. We all have like uh, two middle names. So um, my parents, my mom was an educator and a singer, you know, and, uh, and my dad, he's a visual artist as well. They're both from New Orleans. I was born in New Orleans, but they um, but they raised me here in Baton Rouge. But New Orleans is like a second home. Um, uh, where can I start? Well, I did my got my undergrad um, degree from Southern University in the Fine Arts Department, and uh, Robert Cox, 
Um, he was my drawing teacher. He was my mentor. Um, Addie Dawson Uber, the printmaking teacher and the uh, head of the department. She was a mentor also as well. And I, I want to say I graduated the summer of 2000 from Southern. And then um, five years later, I went to the Savannah College of Art, Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. And I was supposed to leave the week of Katrina, but then Katrina happened. And uh, me and my dad had to wait another week. And then we drove on out there. And I was out there for about, I want to say almost two and a half, three years. And um, I started out in illustration. And then I ended up uh, switching my major to um, sequential art um, after taking some uh, elective classes over in that department, man. And I found my love. You know, I've always loved comic books, man. My um, I'm a, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a, like a 70s, 80s baby, you know, so to say. So um, I've seen all the original Star Wars when they first came out small, you know what I'm saying? But I can still remember, you know, my parents taking me, you know, to the movies to see those movies. And uh, that really had a big impact on me, you know, um, visually and, you know, just just inspiring. And uh, and like just watching my dad work um, when I was a baby, man, my dad used uh, told me that. Um, he used to just hold me while he was painting and I'd just be all googly eyed and just looking at him paint stuff like that. So um, I kind of always kind of knew what I wanted to do. And once I figured out, you know what I'm saying, that I was good <laughs> and good at art. And especially whenever you have, um, your, you know, your teachers, you know, telling you, you know, that you're, you know, this is this is what you're good at. You know, you could try, you know, I tried other things like sports and stuff like that. But, you know, art was always, you know, my bread and butter or whatnot. And um, I did, you know, I did, I did two, you know, like my three years, two and a half, three years in Savannah. And then I moved back to Louisiana, I want to say in 08. And, um, and I started teaching at Park Forest Middle and I was teaching middle school art. Then in 2013, I left Park Forest and I went to uh, CSAL Middle, the, the community school for apprenticeship learning. And I, you know, taught there until like, uh, actually, you know, 2020. And I was also an adjunct uh, art professor at Southern University, you know, uh, Robert Cox, my mentor and my art teacher who taught me, uh, he was instrumental in getting me on over there because um, when I came back to Louisiana in, in 08, uh, he had an idea about doing alumni art shows and, what's, and what was cool about that was a lot of universities wasn't doing that um, where they would have like the alumni that graduated from the department, you know, participate in the art show and um, which is cool as hell. And I remember I used to tell like a lot of my friends from grad school about that. They'd be like, man, how in the world you get to do that? And uh, we can't even do that, you know, where we're at or where we came from. You know what I'm saying? So, so I got a, got a question. So why is that not the norm? for alumni to be able to show their art back where they graduated from. I don't um, know. It's, it's a weird thing, man. Like, uh, unless a lot of times like you become like super famous <laughs> or have some great accomplishments, you know what I'm saying? In the art world, you know what I'm saying? In society, um, they usually, you know, have you back. But like, if you, <laughs> like, if you don't, you know, if you, if you haven't done, you know, if you haven't make, had those types of types of uh, accomplishments, man, you know, you usually don't, you know, get get a chance to do that, or they don't invite you back, which is so um, which is so strange. 
but Robert Cox, man, shout out to him, man. Uh, uh, definitely, man. Uh, a lot of my artistic philosophy, you know, came from him. Um, cause I could say like my dad, he didn't actually sit me down to where it's like, you know, okay, you know, like son, you know, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. His, his way of teaching was by doing, you know, and I watched him do, you know, and um, just by seeing him do, that made me want to do even more. So I was always, you know, like seeing, you know, he was always, especially when I was smaller, he was always working, you know what I'm saying, doing some stuff. Sometimes he used to drive my mom crazy. I remember she was telling me about it. My late brother was telling me about it one time. And because um, my dad would spend so much time, you know, like doing his artwork. And um, but man, shout out to Robert Cox, man. And uh, he came up with that idea. And I just kind of, um, I used to just come, I love art, man. Like any aspect of it as far as hanging shows, doing anything like that. So I just wanted to like help him out. You know, we have a real, we have a real good close relationship. So I just wanted to help him out. So I started like every um, art show that he curated, you know, from that time. Um, I just started come volunteering, you know, to help him out, you know, like hang this, you know, hang the shows, set them up. Uh, do the lighting, you know, repaint the walls and all that type of stuff. I enjoyed it because um, even that in itself, you know, setting up an art show is 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 art itself. You know what I'm saying? So um, that was always a challenge. Each show always had like it's different. Um, it has its pros and cons as far as like, you know, you're going to have some different challenges for each show. Each show is not the same. Some shows you might have like a lot of pieces in it. Then some shows you might not have those pieces but you still have to make um those works aesthetically pleasing you know hung up on the wall so i love that um i love working with him on that aspect of it and uh like i said a lot of my artistic philosophy for you know that he taught me in drawing just about you know it's uh um in order to see you know what i'm saying well in order to draw you have to know how to see and I didn't really get the concept, man. I, that was like some Yoda, some Yoda stuff he told me in uh in, in undergrad, man. And I didn't really get it till after I left Southern, you know. And it so, hit me one of, one of the oddest times. So, so I, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, but like you know, and I I just figured it out then. So, um, it's a journey, man, all the way through. You know, what I'm saying it's like you know you really have to just figure this. You know, you you can you can you can get taught. Um, you can get built up in, in art school, but then, you know, like once you get out, you know, it's like you get tore down again and you have to build yourself back up again. Cause the truth of the matter is, is that, um, if you're really, really about, um, doing this, whether it's, um, and I, and I'll say this, especially about comic books, man, uh, where people really take that, the sequential art form for granted. You know, because it's so disposable and a lot of times, especially if you read manga and stuff like that, you know, you can read 18 pages in like almost two minutes. And so a lot of times people don't really understand the work that in and the preparation and the work that goes into oh, all that. I had look, I'm not an artist, y'all. I'm not like at all. I could barely draw stick figures now, not not this day. I used to be able to draw a little bit, but I was I wrote a funny, one of the funniest things, and I ain't going to mention the organization's name, but they had reached out to me like last year and it was like, oh, well, you know, artists and such and such. And I usually be like, oh, Lord, here you come. Uh, <laughs> and then they're like, well, can you get a comic book made for us, Bob? I'm like, y'all, 
I can't get a comic book made for me, you know, like for free. Okay. Like nobody go better donate no more at best, at best, what a four panel is. I'm like, do y'all know what a four panel is? And she just said a comic book. She didn't even tell me what the, the, the subject was or different. Day. I'm like, what, what, what do y'all know how this works? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm not about to ask on y'all behalf for nothing to be donated. Now, you know, this organization was like, oh, yeah, we, we can't pay in kind money, but y'all love to tell me y'all get government money. Don't get me wrong. I get it. Like, look, sometimes with artists, I wish it was more affordable for me, but I'm like, I'm not about to ask nobody to donate on somebody else's behalf. You know, now I got a little project in the works that, you know, I got a little bit of like one shots that got donated, you know, coloring book. I just got to get back on it. But at the same time, I'm like, y'all, uh, y'all need some direction and different things. But I'm like, if y'all just doing this to just be doing it, you know, y'all might not want to do that. Y'all might can get a cover or y'all need to find the artist y'all want, talk to them, build a relationship, see what's up. But I'm not about to do that level of work for free on your behalf. Like y'all gonna have to donate something back a little bit, something. Like they ain't even want to buy no comic books. I'm like, y'all, I can't just be selling. I can't just be donating books. Look, y'all, and anybody listening, it's not that I can't don't. Not that I would not donate. It's just hard to do that. <laughs> like y'all gonna have to be very, very specific. And every book you see on Blurdish ain't do donatable per se. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, that was a little aside, man. It just kind of remind me like how when you say people think of it disposable, the people like it. But they don't understand the work that it takes, like how you know storyboarding, creating, yeah, writing. Yeah, yeah. you people, know, just creating a panel is hard. Like yeah, the borders. Yeah, people <laughs> don't understand one thing. I think you know the average viewer of art. All right, um, whether it's like you know comic books, visual art, you know, what I'm saying sculpture, whatever. Um, they only see the end result. You know what I'm saying? They only see the end result. So they don't know exactly like the process and what it really takes, you know what I'm saying? Like not only like, you know, just the mental, the physical, and I will say like the spiritual aspect of, because guess what, you know what I'm saying? Life happens. And like a lot of times, man, you know, you know, you have curveballs in life that's thrown at you and you still have to like try to find a way, you know what I'm saying? To get this stuff done. That's why I respect, man, like, it's, you know, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, say it's easy for me to do visual art as far as like, you know, like doing paintings, you know, and, and you know, just single illustrations and stuff like that. But man, creating a comic book, starting from uh, an idea and then working that story and then, you know, doing the script, then, you know, what I'm saying thumbnailing and then going into the pencil and then going to the inking. And then, uh, cause I'm, well, I'm speaking from a, I'm speaking from an independent level where one person's doing everything and that's me. I, you know, I actually have a comic book that I, that I've done <laughs> and, 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 and it's been sitting up for like a couple of years and I haven't even put it out yet. Or uh, one of the things I'm kind of nervous about with putting it out is that people are going to expect another one. And, um, look here, look, as, you you just said something. As a person who's the guy who is the store, if you will, or distribution for several people like yourself, um, in various facets, you know, 
it always tickled me pink when people would be like, you know, one 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 lady, uh, Lafayette, not gonna say her name either. Uh, I no longer do her shows, and not that she really have anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like Jason Reeves, Kid Carver's. You know, I sell yeah. one and two, and that she loved them. She's like, when's another one gonna come out? Now, I bother you. I love the mail to Jason. I'm like, Jason, go ahead and make that Kid Carver's three and wrap this story up, man. So I get like, I like it's been a year. Like you make it hard for me. Like I know I'm the I'm the guy who gonna do nothing with it. I just sell the book, which it takes time stuff. And I but I been, but what I do do, I try to educate people from what I know from my understanding as a third party person to y'all process. I be like, hey, independent creators, this does not come happen. Does not happen fast. It takes X amount of fun and it takes amount of hours. So mm-hmm. yes, I'm glad that you enjoyed it greatly, but you got to be patient. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think I want to say because uh, me and Jason hung out after that uh, Mid City uh, Microcon, and uh, and I picked them up. I want to say that Sunday we just hung out. You know, what I'm saying brought them over to the crib, showed them. Uh, and he actually seen the comic book I was talking about. He read the, you know, he read the pages. He held them in his hand, and uh, he was like, "Man, you gotta like, you know, like, so what you gonna do?" And um. And I was like, you know what, man? It's like, I have to find the love, you know what I'm saying, to do that type of work again. Because at the time, whenever I did it, you know, I want to say, and I started on it, it had to be like around 2009, 2000, probably 2010, because my mom passed in 2011. So around that time, when I found, whenever I found out my mom had cancer, I was living, like I said, man, I was still you know, I was teaching, you know what I'm saying, dating a young lady, you know, she was around whenever I was working on it, you know, at her crib, and um, and like all of a sudden, you know, like found out my mom had breast cancer, and it was very, very serious, and um, and everything kind of like started kind of going to a halt a little bit, so, you know, my mom was very instrumental in my love for comic books, and um, you know, she would bring me to like back in the day when Cartana Mall and Bar Marche Mall was was still, you know, like there, <laughs> you know, when they, <laughs> when they had B. Dalton's and Walden books and all those places in the mall and the libraries. Man, my mom, you know, brought me to those places and uh, any comic book store she'll bring me. And um, she understood, you know, my love for it. And then my aunt in California, Los Angeles, she started going to Little Tokyo and um, and bringing me back some some mangas that I couldn't read, but, um, but I, you know, I would just be enthralled with the artwork. And I want to say this had to be like in the, in the eighties and, um, in like the mid eighties, because I would make trips out to California to her place and, um, go to the comic book shops and I'll come back with all types of different, you know, like stuff that I couldn't get in Louisiana. You know what I'm saying? At the most, maybe New Orleans would have some stuff, but not like LA and, uh, and even more, more or less, like I heard, like, uh, New York, you know, Yo, explain. I'm gonna stop on that point. I want to explain that again to our people who, if you're listening around the world, y'all, me and Nate, about Nate, probably a couple years older than me, we literally did not have like sometimes the folks in New York just y'all could go around the corner and get all these things. This brother had to have it shipped in <laughs> from California or different places, and we're still in the states. Yeah. It would like. To be a blurred or to be, you know, if you wasn't in a heavily dis- dis- dense populated area, you know, you get the standard stuff, you know, your regular Marvel and DC, but to get all these underground books and these mangas and different things and shops, 
it wasn't present. You know, so a lot of people don't, you know, don't think about everybody's experience in this different ways. Because I, I laugh at some of these young cats who live in these bigger cities and they talk like, you know, they don't, I don't know if they realize that this is an age thing that sometimes these things did not exist, y'all. Like, y'all got it good now. If y'all yeah. want to get different things, we ain't have YouTube and the internet. I'm sorry it's not like an old man yelling in the wind, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, we couldn't flip our wrist figures and then just, you know, snap our figures and get every anime on the phone that you want to watch when you want to watch it. Well, the thing about that is, okay, I don't, have, I don't mind telling my age, man. I'm 47 years old. I'll be 48 in December. And um, so my first anime that I ever seen, I want to say, was Speed Racer. So, you know, that blew my mind. And that had to be like, I want to say, in the late 70s. And then... um. It was Speed Racer, then Battle of the Planets, the Gotchaman series. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at this stuff, right? Because he used to come on, uh, you come on TV every now and then in Baton Rouge, but in New Orleans, it'll come on, on on the regular. And I'll be at my grandmother's house, you know, on the weekends or during the holidays, and I could really catch this stuff. And uh, Star Blazers. Um, and then I want to say, I want to say in the 80s, man, you know, I remember like a lot of American companies were outsourcing their animation, you know, their like their animation to some Japanese companies. That's why we had you know, like Thundercats and all those shows had those cool ass openings. You know what I'm saying? Because those were done by Japanese animators. And uh, a lot of times the shows was all right, but man, shoot, like the Mighty Orbots intro and all that stuff like that, you knew that was Japanese because you knew man ain't no Americans coming up with this stuff, right? So um, I want to say Voltron hit whenever like I was in sixth grade, and uh, Voltron. Was was big time, you know. I remember everybody. Oh, loved yeah. that's pretty much my first anime. Yeah, everybody loved the lines, but man, my favorite Voltron was the vehicle Voltron with the land, air, and the sea teams. Man, that Joker looked like a he looked like a samurai on roller skates. Man, I just thought he was awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As far as like his design and like, I was like, but but not realizing right that all these are really different cartoons that they were actually, you know, just like. There were different uh, cartoon series that had no connection in Japan, but they were connecting them. They would bring them over to the States and they'll, and they'll just connect them. So um, just, that in itself was a, a beauty of an art. I know it like a lot of people, you know, some snobs be like, oh, is this that? Like we know, but I love the mishmash creation that they made that, that got me, you know, you know, into knowing it. And I didn't even know, like, you know, I don't even know if the word anime was around till I heard Ooh, the word. It was called Japanimation back in the day, man. It was called Japanimation. Which ask you can't. Anybody, yeah, ask anybody, <laughs> any older cat who was into anime back in the day. It was called Japanimation. That's what they called it. Um, I remember uh, Showtime on cable. Even uh, they even they even uh, syndicated one. Uh, it was Thunderbirds twenty eighty six. And um, man, every time the crazy thing about it was was like. Anytime I saw like any type of Japanese cartoon come on, whether it was like Leo the Lion on the like the Christian channel or like the koala that uh little I remember, look, on the koala show was like with the with Boo Bear or whatever. Boo Bear and his friends, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I watched it all the yeah. time. The animation was so good, man. And um I man. actually saw a clip of it. I'm like I actually like how, like, you know, you think you outgrow, but like, wow, this actually looks kind of okay. It looks 
still better than some American yeah. stuff now. Okay. So, okay, so check this out. So me and my friends, we always have this discussion. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh and to like and to all the younger like listeners out there, we're not being snobs. One thing yeah. you have to understand is that um we grew up in a time where computer graphics and CGI and all that stuff, man, was like science fiction. All right. So a lot of these artists, man, who was drawing these animes, they were doing all this stuff by hand. And if you're an artist or, you know, and understand, you know what I'm saying, like what it took, the dedication and the skill, you know, that it took to make, you know, to like to draw Transformers or to draw like Gundams or the or, or, or Macross uh, Valkyries just transforming. They were hand drawing that stuff, man. I can't even imagine, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, the, you know, just the talent level a lot of those animators, you know, just had. And a lot of them really didn't get those types of props. And I would not say, you know, and I say this. One of my favorite artists uh, right now, shout out to Janice Campbell, and not to mess with her, but, you know, one of, I asked her, like, hey, create me a mech. She's like, I do not do mechs. She's like, I don't like doing technology. I'm like, dang, I said, I thought you, you know, she killed everything else, but it's like, yeah, I think about it. Yeah, doing a mech with like interlocking parts just to look like it can be on a human frame, that probably is a dedication to do that. Not saying that people just can't do it, but she knew that, like, hey, that ain't my strength. You know, I don't want to, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you had, like, you had mecha designers, man, like one of my favorites, man, like the Macross uh, designer, uh, Shoji uh, Kawamori, I believe. Um, one of my favorite mecha designers, man, in that that guy, man, Macross, the whole Robotech uh, series, where they brought the Macross saga, and then it was the Southern Cross, and then it was uh, the third one was like Genesis Climber, uh, Mosfita, I believe. And um, those were all three different series. And um, I didn't really know <laughs> like I bought this book to this day I got it back from one of my homies uh this Robotech art book I got back in the day and um and it explained like not only explained like all the episodes of, of the whole series but it gave you a rundown about all the history of like you know just anime and like man you know I just so man I tell you like if you was a kid back then especially here in Louisiana that stuff was scarce and like the only thing that you could probably get your hand on on a regular basis was Akira, but that's because Marvel had this uh this line of comics called Epic Comics, and they put out Akira and they colorized it. Uh, Steve Olive, one of the first uh first computer colorists, and uh he colored Akira. And one, uh, the yeah. only place I remember, like I remember seeing like some manga long ago, and it's like it burned a memory in, in my head. When I first saw the Ninja Turtles before they were animated in a book, and it was a weird old comic shop. I don't even know the name of it. I don't remember, you know, I probably was like four, three, five. Mm-hmm. And it was a catfish town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Catfish saw, yeah. And yeah. I first saw the Ninja Turtles, but I saw the, you know, the dark, gritty version of it. And it was like stories that just didn't. I remember it burned a hole in my head. It was an actual story about an artist who had like a magic pen with the and was friends with the Ninja Turtles, and he would get the, he helped them get out of jail. But I think he wound up getting stuck in like a, a portal and he saved them. I think it was a black dude, <laughs> and that was like a story. 
I still remember that story to this day. I but remember the, that, that, that that comic book you're talking about in Catfish Town downtown with a um, USS kid they used to have. Okay, for all you youngsters, they used to have a shopping center called Catfish Town right down outside by the River Center. And it's um, not all. It's not. Excuse me. It's now the casino. It's now the casino, and it was like nothing but little. It's like a little shopping center, man. And they had like food court, little shopping stores to shop in, and they had a comic book store up in there. Cause uh man, I told my dad this and he was rolling in the car. I was taking him to therapy. And uh, I was like, man, I said, me and my friends, man, me, me and my homie Bruce, we used to um ride from North Baton Rouge on our bikes down to Catfish Town. Didn't tell my mom nothing because she would have man, she would have had a fit. But like, man, it was definitely on, on our bikes like a 30-minute, close to 40-minute ride, right? <laughs> and we go all down Choctaw, man, all down there by Hollywood Casino on our bikes, have our bike chains, just to go to the comic book shop, man. And uh, we go there, and they, they had a flea market on Florida Boulevard where BRCC is. And uh, they had a guy up in there selling comic books. And you had Comic Book Emporium. You had uh, Comics Cards and Coins. Um, there's a couple other places, uh, too. And I had a homeboy, uh, what's that dude's name, man? Ray, my homeboy Ray. This brother, man, uh, right on, uh, I want to say Essen. What does Essen turn into, man? Uh, after uh, Lane, Starring Lane. Yeah, on Starring. It was on. It was on on the corner of Starring and Highland. My boy Ray. He had his shop, and um, and I want to say, man, when we when, when we first started getting like some manga brought over here, it was brought over by Viz Comics. So um. I think Viz, Viz was bringing some stuff out. I remember, too, uh, they used to bring some stuff from Hong Kong, man, the Jademan comics back in the 80s and stuff like that. They had the Hong Kong comics. Which was uh, They were bringing those over, too. So it was a whole bunch of stuff, dude. Like, um, one thing I would say that these kids have an advantage of right about now, and it might not be so much of an advantage in a way, is that... Um, now you have like you have more you have more black comics now you know what i'm saying um to where it's like you know when i was growing up in this you know in like the 80s you know in the you know in the 90s you you know you didn't really you, you had you had the brother man or uh, who was doing the brother man comics um you know but like man like you didn't really have like now you can go online and i know a lot of these kids who these these young uh these artists that are younger who are um you know doing these um these these black <laughs> you know what I'm saying or whatnot. But man, like whenever I first started doing it, um we didn't have hardly no reference. So you know like I used to my whole thing was was like man I'm gonna figure out you know what I'm saying like how to you know like make some black you know what I'm saying like anime characters. And um, and a lot of times people, you know, like they, you know, a lot of times with the younger generation, man, it's like, you know, you, it's all about showing and proving. You can talk and say you do this, you know, you did this, did that, but if they can't see it, they're not gonna respect it. So I keep all my artwork, you know what I'm saying. So I dug into the crates, and um, I found a lot of that stuff that I did. Um, I want to say in the late '90s and the early 2000s. And I, and I posted it to my Instagram, but then everybody's like, man, you was really doing this stuff a long time ago. And I was like, yeah, boy, it was real. Oh, you a whole art teacher, man. You a whole yeah. art professor out here. And they like, oh, you really did it. Like, yeah, you was really doing this. You was creating black characters. <laughs> so, like, 
you know, I tell you this, man, a funny story, man. One of my best friends, man, my homie, Big O, my homie Otis, man. Uh, I'll never forget it, man. It was in the 90s when Image Comics were really, really big. And, um, you know, Spawn, everybody loves Spawn. And uh, we was hanging out down by LSU, man, whenever uh, right over there where Buffalo Wild Wings is and all that. It used to, you know, be a whole bunch of different stuff over there. Chelsea's was over there, Paradise Records, a super fresh University movie theater. They had an international house of pancakes. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah, they had that because, man, we used to go up in there and play the Legend of Kage, that ninja game in the arcade, right? <laughs> so we used to go up in there and play that. They had a machine of that. So we was hanging out one night, man, and, uh, and I was complaining. And um, I was complaining to him. I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? I was talking about Spawn. And I was like, man, we got, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we have, you know, I was just saying that, man, we need more black characters. And I said, but this is what we got? I said, man, we can't even tell he a brother, man. He burnt and all, you know what I'm saying? Look, like they threw him on the barbecue grill. Or he been walking through the depths of hell. So my boy, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going through complaining, you know what I'm saying, venting. And my homie just like stopped me in my tracks. He was like, hey, man. He said, you know what? He said, I hate to tell it to you. He said, man, that's not Todd McFarlane's responsibility to be creating no dope black character. He said, that's not his responsibility. He said, you know what? That's yours. He was like, you are, you are artist, ain't you? He said, you know, that's your responsibility. You know, and I was just like, <laughs> I was kind of, I was pretty pissed off because I was just like, okay, man, I'm bitten to my boy. And like, he getting on my case. So I thought about it, man, later on that night, man, I went back home, man, and, uh, and I work a lot at night because it was quiet at my mom's house at night. So I work and do a lot of artwork at night. And I thought about, you know, I really marinated on what he said. And I was like, damn, I was like, man, Big O is right. I said, it is my responsibility. And, uh, and that's where actually like my professor Robert Cox came in because whenever I took his drawing class at Southern, you know, he really, 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 you know, had us focusing on understanding how to draw black people. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, and really to see the beauty in it. Cause you know, a lot of times, man, whenever even a, a child of color, when they're first, you know, like drawing or imitating characters, sometimes they'll draw white characters, which is nothing wrong with that. But, um, but it's, 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 it's our responsibility as African-American artists to, you know what I'm saying? To guide them, and to show them that hey hey man you know what i'm saying like we come up with a lot of stuff and um and we're beautiful too so yes. you know like to guide them in that area but um but we didn't have man we didn't have all those different you know like we didn't have all that representation but i don't but like i didn't but we didn't make a big deal about it you know what i'm saying like how people you know what i'm saying like i said i love star wars and there was a lot of black kids who love star wars and they can you know say so even though Lando was like the only brother, you know, I was in there for a good little while. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Any black kid probably, probably like imagine themselves being a Jedi or being Luke Skywalker. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and it was just the fact that you love these characters and you love what these characters stood for. So a lot of times with me in back in the day, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't so much like the color of the skin so much. Like I say, man, my favorite, my favorite character in comics of all time. It's, 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 you know, in any comic, it's, it's, it's Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star. That is like my favorite. He is my favorite of all times. And, and he ain't black. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? But I love, I love his moral capacity, man. And I love what he stood for. And, um, 
and I love the story. Uh, but I love martial arts movies. I grew up on them Shaw Brothers movies and all that stuff like that. Oh yeah. So you know what I'm saying. So like I just love you know Kenshiro and, was like my favorite character. You know what I'm saying. And I think it's and I think it's good that you realize like and you know shout out to your boy Big O. He's like you know that that motto stands today. Like you know I I I, I see it on both sides. Like I don't mind the big two creating more black comics. However, I know that they're not going to necessarily put the effort, stick with it, mm-hmm. or give a damn to make original or new black characters. However, I don't mind black being my, being in there. Like, I know there's some people who debate about or get mad about Miles. I'm sorry. I like Miles. Oh, man, um, Miles, you know, yeah, Miles Morales, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, the first I'm really, really like all the new Marvel stuff, like, talk about it like that, but I like some of the things that they're doing, but my thing is, it's like, you know, I like, I like independent stuff. You know what I'm saying? I like stuff that people, you know, like and show me somebody who I don't really know. And that that's something cool. And that's what I love, you know, talking to people like you, helping other people out, like from Dedrin Sneed to, to Jason Rees to Milton Davis. Antoine Mitchell. You know, Antoine Mitchell. Now I ain't got his stuff yet. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, Antoine, let me say that beautiful book, y'all. Let me say that beautiful book. Antoine be like, that's my baby. I can't let it go. I get it. Look, shout out to Antoine Mitchell. If you listen. Hey, man, you got definitely, man. You got to get him on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, actually, I actually had, I had Antoine on. Oh, had really? Antoine on. Oh, See, yeah. That's my bad. Now, I'm out of order on here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> y'all can correct me and say, yeah, man, that you're wrong for that. So <laughs> it's all right. Like, look, Antoine, look, I, I look, Antoine book. If y'all ain't y'all, if y'all go check out Google Antoine Mitchell on Blurtish, listen to his episode, another wonderful Baton Rouge artist. And speaking of Baton Rouge things and art, we're going to transition a little bit. So you got a new gallery going on right now at a, at a certain place. So tell us about that. Oh, well, all right. I got a, um, Got a solo show, man. Uh, that that was put, you know, that was curated by Elemental on Kedrick and L, um, at the Healthcare Gallery, Wellness and Spa, which is uh run by um Dr. Leon Elliott, um, this brother from uh, Sierra Leone, real cool dude, man. Um, the doctor's office, man, like what he wanted to do is basically like an art gallery, and um, it's real slick, man, real ultra modern, real calming. It's cool. It's a cool vibe. And uh, and you know, I this is my second show over there. The first time I did one, it was a group show. This is my first solo show over there. And um, uh, man, that that show was kind of like that show was a blessing, man, because um, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I had you know, in, in January, I made a transition to start you know, like just doing some abstract art. Like with me, I like to like try, I like to challenge myself and try different things and like to master them. And uh, to keep me from being uh, bored, because after a while, you know, if I do, you know, um, I was doing like, I mean, since like the late 90s, I was doing like the um, the black characters with the swords and all that stuff like that. So now, you know, it's like, you know, I was just kind of burnt out with all that. So I wanted to try something a little bit different just to challenge myself. And so I started working um, abstractly. And st- but still have like those 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 Afrofuturistic and sci-fi elements in my work, um. But you know, Kedrick man, just out the blue, man, just hit me up, 
and uh and like asked me, you know what I'm saying, if I wanted to do first it's gonna be a group show, but then he was like, Man, you know, you think you know we do a solo show with your stuff. And I was like, All right, cool. And uh and I was just, you know, gonna use like some of the newest stuff that I was doing. But uh somehow or another, he saw some of the skateboards that I did in the past, like about I wanna say like the first one I did was probably like in 2009 and then I you know I started doing some here and there you know throughout the years and he was like and you know art galleries a lot of time have this weird ass rule about like uh showing your work um like three what like the work that you've done in like the last three years for, for like for artists a lot of times and um so I had that mindset but he was like hey man you know like even though this stuff is older he said a lot of people haven't seen it. He said, hell, I haven't seen it. So I was like, okay, fine. So ended up, you know, um, going through, going through my, going through my files and, you know, going through the stash and finding, finding works that, you know, I forgot about and, um, got some, got some stuff framed and, uh, man, you know, it's 39 pieces in that show. Um, that range from I want to say 2009 all the way up to 2021. So, and that's not even like be honest with you, like that's not even like a fourth of the work that I you know that I still have that people haven't seen like in a gallery you know capacity. You might you know go see some of this stuff you know go through my old blog and uh, which I still post on. Um, you know, and see some stuff that um, and all the comic book work that I did, you know, in grad school and since, you know, after that, um, character design stuff. That's not even in that. That's not even. I could do a whole nother show with just that type of stuff in it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, this is like just just a selection of all uh, pieces from from uh 2009 to like 2021, and um. So, so what would you say is the theme of this gallery? Well, the theme of the show is called, the show is called Eternal Evolution. And um, my thing about it is, is that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it shows like my evolution as an artist from that time period, from when I got out of grad school to even what I'm doing now. So you see like an evolution, uh, stylistic and stylistic, conceptual, um, and even, you know, like, uh, and how, even how like I approach different mediums, you know, in, in this body of work that's at the healthcare gallery. Um, evolution, man, like as an artist, man, you want to keep evolving. Man, one of the things my mentor Robert Cox told me, he was like, man, every 10 years, you ought to just, you know, you need to evaluate yourself and see where you are as an artist. You know, are you growing? You know, are you stagnating? Are you still, you know, like doing the same stuff over and over again? So, you know, like to challenge yourself. So I'm always, you know, like even my interest now, and certain things have changed, you know, from, you know, I like, you know, I study more architecture now, even a little bit more um, graphic design, uh, you can eat interior design, stuff like that, you know, like my um, my range, you know, and just listen to different types of music, man, like ambient music, drone and like, you know, anything without words. <laughs> and that sounds like it's from the far corners of the universe. I'm totally with it. Um, you know. I can't even lie. I like my friend, you know, my homie Marcel, he always get on me. He like, he like, oh man, you don't like lyrical stuff. I say, I do, man. Like, I, you know, we, we fool like, you know, shout out to Marcel. He, you know, dope. Yeah, yeah. There's his, 
I like lo-fi because honestly, if I'm feeling away about say some artists, I know people grow change or whatever, or some things I'll grow, but you know what I don't outgrow? Mm-hmm. Tone, the vibe. I never I, I can't outgrow that. You know, so like I do, I feel you. Like I love lo-fi, I love ambient music. Mm-hmm. It just puts me in a certain mood, make me think about, I don't know, like the rainfall or hanging by the beach or something nice or whatever. That's just where I'm at. So I kind of, I totally feel you on that. Yeah, man. Like, uh, like I said, man, I haven't, like I said, I, you know, and yeah, shout out to the homie Marcel. You know what I'm saying? He, he moved back to uh, Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? Nothing, wish nothing but the best for him. He held it down, you know what I'm saying, for the underground, especially, <laughs> after, especially after we stopped doing it, as far as like with my band Taboo and, um, uh, you know, he came through and he held it down for the underground. So, you know, much love and much, you know, props to him. You know, he's actually going to be, he's been on before. He's actually going to be possibly my next guest to talk about his new album uh, later yeah. this week. You know, shout out to him. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my brother, you know, uh, Fast Freddy 225, still doing it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the art and the and hip hop and the music has always been a connection with me because like, if it wasn't, if I wasn't doing one, I was doing the other. You know what I'm saying? And it's uh, it's so funny because like you know, people ask me too. You know what I'm saying? You know, have I been keeping up with hip hop and stuff like that? And it's sad to say, oh, um, I I haven't really been too much. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, but um, uh, you know, I just you know, man, once you get into that ambient and that drone, that lo-fi music, man, it's like you really. You, you it's hard to leave it, man. <laughs> it's hard to leave it, man. It's hard to leave it. Like, unless somebody I truly love or used to love, and I hate to say that, you know, I love a lot of old stuff, and, like, I can't get into some of the new artists. I know y'all, if y'all listen, I know y'all be like, oh, here come these old-ass dudes. Uh, these dudes are washed. I'm like, look, I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to knock your hip-hop taste or nothing. Some stuff I like. Some stuff I just don't need. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, what, 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 you know, like a lot of the younger kids have to understand, man. It's just like, it's just different eras, man. And like, um, the stakes were higher, you know what I'm saying, in our era. Um, one of the things, you know, that was different was, was that you couldn't just go on stage and just do anything. You couldn't rap over, you know, you couldn't rap over no, we wasn't rapping over no vocals. A lot of times, you know what I'm saying? Like we were doing it, you know, I don't care if we had to get inst- use somebody. I remember we used like some Fuji's instrumentals to do a show one time back in the day, but we was not, you know what I'm saying? Rapping over the vocals. Um, and we took our lyricism very, very seriously. You know what I'm saying? I remember whenever that shift really happened, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you got to understand growing up with like the Cool J's, the Rock Hymns, the Big Daddy Kane's, you know what I'm saying? KRS-One's. Whenever hip hop was actually, you know what I'm saying, teaching us a lot of things, you know what I'm saying, that we wasn't and learning in school. To say that you can't learn or, or, or it ain't teaching now, it's just mainstream hip hop, you know, it just kind of stopped for me past a certain age. And I had to get back in some of it, some of it I love, some of this and that. And now I don't even turn it on in my radio. If I catch it, cool, I catch it. But like you say, I'm more lo-fi hip-hop, you know, I'm more ambient, I'm more, you know, I'm, I might play a little, like, 
I ain't gonna say rock, but just like you know, like the mixture, all the versions of jazz, ambient, lo-fi. That's I'm wholly, wholly into that lane because yeah. I need my music to not piss me off. <laughs> just yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of, I, I, I agree. I, I like me some good ass ignorant ass music sometimes. You know, yeah. I turn on some. Yeah, you know well, I love <laughs> some, some look, I'm all look. I, I see juvenile man. It's 1999 all over again. Oh man, look here, hustler, hustler, bro. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, everything has its place. You know what I'm saying? Juvenile, and, uh, shout out, rest in peace to uh, you know um, what's his name? Uh, bounce artist. Um. Ah oh, man, my mind's slipping. But he was on No Limit for a while. Yeah, you know, look, man, one of the, it's bad that I'm slipping. I, I'm y'all forgive me, but it was one of the best concerts I ever seen in Lafayette with Juvenile. And that artist, um, man, look, it's late. I'm sorry, I'm on medicine. From <laughs> my favorite bounce artist, and my mind just slipped. That's what happens when you get old, children. You mind like you know, I'm not as old as Nate. But I might as well be the way my mind is still. Yeah, but, I'm not like, you know, I'm not no hater. You know what I'm saying? Or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? These kids gonna like what they like. And especially whenever, like, you, you teach middle school, you're gonna hear all types of stuff. So I'll, you know, like, but one of the things I did when I was teaching, I'd always play, you know, I'd play some, some out the box stuff that they were not like accustomed to, whether it was like the old school hip hop, hell, even some rock ambient music or whatever you know they they complain at first oh what the hell is this you know <laughs> put on some 21 savage you know what i'm saying or whatever but like um but like after a while you know what i'm saying like when when good music is good music and it hits your ears it ain't ain't, ain't no lies with that man you know what i'm saying you know you're gonna understand you know how you know it, it's gonna hit you i don't give a damn what era it's from you know like it's gonna oh, hit man. you so like, you know, it's just a lot of times it's just it's just that initial rebellion, you know what I'm saying, with some of the younger kids. And then, you know, like even now, like my nephews, man, like uh I've exposed them to so many different, you know, types of music along the way, whether it's rock, underground hip hop, death metal, whatever, you know, we listen. I they I listen to everything around them. So, but like um to see them, you know, like gravitate, you know, like and come, you know, like, hey, uh, you know what I'm saying, like. Tell me, tell me more about this Nas album, Illmatic, and you know what I'm saying, and all that stuff like that. You know that that brings a smile to my face. Because hey, shout out to the homie Mark. Mark is a super Nas fan, super new, super duper. Oh and man, talking about Nas change. Hey man, let me tell you something about that. Like, um, that made me. He made me as an MC man. Like, take my rhyming seriously, man. I I remember like me, my brother. Fast Freddy and my partner Big O, because we was all rapping together at the time in the 90s, right? Um, they had this cat, DJ Spanky, this white dude, man. Uh, went, he went to LSU and he did the underground sound show on Wednesdays, man. And uh, this was around time, man. LaBelle Crump, David Banner, all those guys were at Southern, because we I, that's when I uh, first met them. You know, we were all freestyling in the back, you know what I'm saying, at Jones and stuff like that. And um, so a lot of these cats, man, you know, like, uh, you know, they were my peers, you know what I'm saying? We did shows together, you know what I'm saying, or whatnot. And I remember, man, Spanky, we went to Spanky's dorm at LSU, and he, and he was like, he had this serious look on his face, right? And he said, hey, man, he said, have y'all heard that new Nas? 
and it was the uh it was the uh it ain't hard to tell single he had the cassette tape that he got the promo from the record company because they sent it to the radio station and we were like nah and he just had this look like okay and he put it on and i remember hearing it and man we were so messed up after we heard it and i told spanky we were just quiet and we was like i said spanky play that again he played it again and then we all just looked at each other we said man we gotta go and we sat in the parking lot, man, out out there at, at, at LSU, out there, you know what I'm saying, where Buffalo Wild Wings is. We sat in the parking lot, and we said, man, we got to get our stuff together, man, because, you know what I'm saying, like, this, this is how they coming now. We got to, you know, start taking stuff seriously. And I was going to Southern at the time. And I said, man, you know what? Forget this. I'm about to start taking these history classes and these English classes serious as hell. I said, because this brother is like, He's on, he's rhyming on a whole, he, he took like what Rakim was doing and went to a whole nother level with it. And, um, and I, like I said, I love Rakim, you know what I'm saying? He's like, you know, he's a God MC, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, but he was just like, Nas was just like that, that next little evolutionary step. Right. And, um, and he just changed the game. So, you know, like, I mean, the way that he, it was, you know, like when you listen to what he was saying and how he put together words, and his bars, right? It was, you know, you could easily visualize it. It was poetry. And, um, but, you know, like, and, and if you had a good imagination, you can picture yourself in those situations that he was rapping. Glad you mentioned it before. I guess we uh, get ready to transition a little bit. Uh, there's actually, on, I think it's on Cooking Soul. You may have seen this, but there is a Nas, there is an animated version of Nas, It Ain't Hard to Tell. Oh, it's real? Like, nah, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. If you haven't seen it, I'm gonna get it to you. I know I haven't seen that, man. That's like one of my favorite Nas songs, man. I don't think it's like by Nas. I think it's just somebody animated. They like uh, the dude who runs Cooking Soul may put his spin on some of it. But you, in fact, if you, I don't know if you do, you follow Cooking Soul? Nah, I sure don't. Oh, uh, you gonna this is gonna be one of your favorite channels? I promise you. It basically he he takes a lot of stuff from your era, our era, and it's like a combination of like art, old 90s, anime, and they kind of, he kind of mashes up. He do like a lot of videos. Some of it is like completely clips from old anime that goes along with the beat, the music. So it's like going to a, if a DJ set did a visual set, mm -hmm. that's what his channel like kind of is for the most part. Some of it is like, it's basically like lo-fi more on the hip-hop side and some mm -hmm. even international type of hip-hop and some of it has original animations it's looped but it'll be like you know you'll see like a little black dude chilling on like a, a beach hut just sitting there listening to music <laughs> so yeah. like yeah yeah and you know or him on the beach just doing stuff or even like a version of himself animated in a hot tub djing with a with a boom box or something or like with with some uh you know with some technical stuff, just making beats. <laughs> so like, it's like he had his own animated version of himself doing that. So yeah, you gonna love the cooking cooking soul channel. Look, y'all, I'm not even a, I'm not paid by cooking soul. That's just one of my my things that's in my YouTube rotation that gets me through the week or through oh, the month. Dope is dope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, but yo, man, this has been a fun conversation. Um, we almost up on an hour. So what I'm gonna do? I'm going to give you the floor to tell people where they can find you, put a dollar in the pocket, follow you, and subscribe, and where to get your art at, and also where to come again to find and learn more about this gallery. 
Okay, cool, man. Like, uh, you can, uh, if you're on Facebook, all right, you can just look for me, you know, Nathaniel A. Landry. I'm on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, it's actually my middle name. It's my rap name, <laughs> Alphonse Joseph. So it's A-L-P-H-O-N-S-E underscore J-O-Z-E-F-F. And uh, actually, you know what I'm saying? If you want to learn, learn more about the Healthcare Gallery, you can go on Facebook and Instagram. It's the uh, Healthcare Gallery Wellness and Spa. And also, um, once again, shout out to Kedrick and L from Elemental uh, P. You can look on, uh, you can actually look them up as well. So there's some uh, really great curators, um, really great promotion, um, inspirational people, man. It's like, you know, and just when you think you know some stuff about promotion, man, they do some cool stuff. And it's like I'm learning more, you know, just like just just from working with them. And um and we're going to have some prints. We're working on a set of prints, some prints for, for uh, some of the pieces that's in the show and some pieces that are not in the show. So we're going to have some surprises. Um, the show has been up, uh, I want to say it uh, first opened on August the 18th, and it'll be up until October the 22nd. And I think we're going to have like a closing reception on that Friday, October the 22nd. So um, definitely, if you can, you know, you can make it out, you know, mask up because, um, you know, we're living in some some crazy times. It's almost like a crazy uh, apocalyptic comic book right about now. But um, but definitely, um, definitely appreciate you for having me on, Keith. And uh, it's definitely a fun conversation. Um, and uh, you 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 keep doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying, man? And uh I just really appreciate that, man. Like, uh, glad you were able to come on. Man, I'm glad we were able. You know how good it is to feel that to find somebody else who remember about the comic book store in Catfish Town. <laughs> like, you know, like I know I'm like I'm I'm 40, y'all, but I that was just a memory burn in my head. Like, man, yeah. and even though I never became an artist, one of the, the first job I literally said. You know, shout out to my brother. You know, rest man, in peace. These kids don't know what's up, man. They had okay, so check this out. But we go, so they had Catfish Town, all right, which was like a little little mall. You know, what I'm saying on the on 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 the levee down there. They also had at one point they had a teen nightclub called Ground Zero out there as well. <laughs> so man, we had places to go and dance and stuff like that. I feel bad for these kids, man. I mean, this is like a teenage <laughs> in high school. You know what I'm saying? Like going, you know, to this spot. You know, first it was uh 2010 behind Bonmarche Mall. Then uh they moved it downtown Ground Zero, and then I want to say they moved it. You know where over at Cartana Mall? You know, right across from uh the Walmart gas station, they had that little reception hall or whatever like that. Yeah, your teen club also. So we had some spots to go, and um, I feel like I said, man, I feel bad for the younger generation, man, because they don't have those spots like how we had it. And uh, you know, we had some we had some cool stuff, man, back in the gap. For sure. We had some weird underground spots and just places that you know <clears throat> downtown before what it is now, you know, a you know, I'm joking, a little yuppie place, but you know, hey, I'm one of the yuppies that used to go downtown too 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 despicable. Uh I'm no longer of the downtown set because I no longer work down there, but yeah. You know, I'm kind of more of a mid. Well, you're gonna find blurs through mid city all through because for one, 
you know, shout out to Mid City, got everything I like. Shout out to the, the bookstore. Got a art, got a '90s retro arcade coming to Mid City, man. Oh, what? No way, no way, no way. Where? I thought you. It's go. It's it's it. Guess where it's gonna be? At? Right where the old pop shop is at. Man, oh my god, I will be up in there, boy, for sure. <laughs> Nothing like the arcade, man. <laughs> it is going to be like Spaceport. Oh, Spaceport, man. Oh, don't care about Spaceport, It's by Cave. Cave, shout out to Cave. Uh, Cave, who restoring all these old machines, you know. Not to jump in all on your space, but since we're talking Baton Rouge art and things that have made us, comic books, video games, hey, we throwing it in the pot. But, yeah, just shout out to Cave. Like, it's called BRK. Uh, it's gonna be opening. It's supposed to be an open. I mess with K. I'll just hit up K. Like, look, man, when is gonna open? Damn it! <laughs> like, when is gonna? Open? And it's it's coming soon. Like, they're actually starting to hire now for people to work there. It's gonna be games they gonna have up in there, man. That's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, these kids don't look, man. I'm telling you, but we, we this could be a whole other episode on the podcast talking about video. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I have never look. This ain't this ain't me being, you know. I ain't got nothing against, you know, our non-melanin brothers, but I have never really dedicated an episode to a non-melanin person so far on this. Mm -hmm. Cave, Cave might be the first. You want to come on and talk about why he created this retro arcade? Hey, look, I look. I, I'm always about giving my local people love. Mm -hmm. Cave has an invite to do so when when it, when it opens. You feel like, and even if we don't be an episode, you will see it on the social media. You will see me there. Hell, I might be, might, might, you know, might be selling books right there. It's possibility. But I, if anything, I'm going to be drinking there. I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm going to be there probably, if not every weekend. Man, you're the last going up in there, man. Oh my god, dude! And I don't see, I don't see some of the, I don't see some of the games. You definitely go out Pac Bay, all that. One game that I used to, I for some reason, I don't know. I guess when I was in college, I was too serious, and I would just like when I go to the mall, you know, I, before I, you know, met my my lovely wife, you know, mm -hmm. I go in the mall, Cortana, you know, I be in between classes or in between working, you know, I'm trying to lick it, trying to holler at something. So I would pass by the arcade. I wouldn't really make time to play in the arcade, but I, you know, I always love. Look at an arcade, and I ain't gonna lie. I used to have one little, you know, girl I went to school with who was fine and worked at the arcade before she went and did her thing. But so the last few times I went to Spaceport, and I ain't know Spaceport was going. You know, it kind of closed not too long after that because it was on. You know, American arcades are just down and out, even if they were still getting new stuff. Yeah, yeah. But Spaceport was dying faster than other ones. Like it wasn't even getting the new Tekkens. But um. I used to love the gauntlet, the the last new gauntlet game that came out in the arcades. Like I, I didn't get that much, but I played it on PlayStation. But it looks so fun to play it with four people. He has a Gauntlet Legends game. Oh. Now, so tell, I, me, man, tell me, please tell me he does he have any Street Fighters? <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all the more Konami games, the Simpsons. <laughs> I look all right. So I don't know if he has. I don't know if he has those. He loves beat em ups, but he also he gonna have like stuff like even from Defender and Asteroids and stuff yeah, like that. He gonna have pizza, Chuck E. Cheese days. NBA Jam. 
I wasn't too big on NBA Jam, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I played, I want to say, man, like the old Sega game, Shinobi, Altered Beast, Altered, all that stuff, Golden Axe, man, all that stuff. And just not to step too much on the episode, I'm gonna stop it there. But I was just say this since since you didn't know, I'm glad I made your day. Hopefully, <laughs> y'all yes. man, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and then get this, it's gonna be 21 and up, 21 and up to come in. Oh man, so it's gonna be for our gen- for our generation and up to go there and relive some of these old games. Man, I, I went to a place a couple of years. I want to say, man, uh, had to be three or four years back. I was in Houston, man, out out uh out in the woodlands, outside of Houston, and uh one of my old bandmates, man, I, I was staying with him and his family, and uh he took me and uh his kids, man, to like they got this place in, out there, man, where like it's an arcade, and like you pay like a like you know you, you can pay like monthly, like a like I guess like a rate monthly, but uh and like but all the games up in there, like all of they have it's it's just like back in the day, man, everything you could think of, and everything is free. So I think it's like you could like for like twenty dollars a month, you can just come up in there for the whole month and just play games for free. You know what I'm saying? And like right. just go, like double dragon and all that stuff like that. I mean, just everything, Oops. dude. Young people and look, I'm not that super computer savage. I know people be like, I'll oh, just emulate it. It is nothing like playing double dragon or final fight with a person next to you. Mm. Getting your ass kicked or kicking a lot of ass. It's just yeah. not the same. Hey, Contra. It, yeah. <laughs> like that Contra was so wild. I had to play that at home because it just Contra was too Contra too right. damn home. Man, I, I, I blew so many. I'm telling you, man, we used to spend so much time when in the old spaceport, whenever it was uh when it was it was it was blue and it was down, I want to say right past the food court. Um I know I did as the old I know the old old one. Yeah, it was like yeah, yeah, and uh, man, we used to stay in the mall for hours, man. And like some of them games, and I remember when like Double Dragon first came out, man. You used to have to wait in line just to play that game because they would have yeah, that. That line. brings me back so much memories of me and my brother. We used to play Double Dragon. Like, look, I used to play. We used to play Renegade in in, in uh, yeah. Montana yeah. and in uh, Bon Marche. Yeah, like you know, now I get to go back and watch the the the, the history. On YouTube, people breaking down like this is like the first true beat 'em up. Like, damn, I didn't know I was old enough to play the first real beat 'em up game. Yeah, <laughs> like, I didn't... Dragon was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know how Renegade, Renegade, and Double Dragon, and Kunio Khan is pretty much not say the same universe. It is the same universe now. Uh, and who and the history behind it. Not to go all into that, but I was just saying, bro. It's funny how you can see your stuff from childhood, the stuff that shaped you, and now you can actually go back and learn about it without having to buy like an expensive documentary. You can just turn on YouTube and figure yeah. it out. Like, oh, you can watch and look. Crazy thing about it, you can watch people on YouTube like beat these games in like record time. And like those are quarter munchers, but these kids don't understand those games were built to take quarters. <laughs> built to break you down. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying. So like, man, I. I have never, never beat Shinobi in the arcade. And every time I made it to the last board, they they gank you, and like you have to start all over at the beginning. You couldn't continue. So I watched this dude. I you know some of these games. I said, you know what? Let me go on YouTube and see. And like, sure enough, man, somebody's got a got a playthrough of it, and they go through and beat. And I was like, you know what? 
ain't no way in hell I would have beat that damn game. <laughs> <laughs> when she had to beat it, like, and, and one, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm let things in, but I saw a playthrough of Dragon's Lair. I love Dragon's Lair as a kid. Yes, yes, it yes. It creep me out because it was so, like, the machine used to be, I was young, it was so loud. I remember the machine being so loud in Showbiz Pizza. Yeah, like, yeah. It'll be like yelling at you, like with the dragon noise and all that. Like a loud ass game, y'all. Like, and even the time warp, it had that creepy golf. Just it felt, you know, wild. And just to see that that whole game, all the videos just fifteen minutes. Like what? Like, yeah. like you? Th I'm thinking I'm watching a movie, a, a feature length film. It's just how often you die. Okay. This, if you play out. All the scenes of right, wrong, and added together is still no more than like 30 minutes. Okay, so check this out. So you, you mentioned Dragon's Lair. I know we got to go, but this is funny you mentioned Dragon's Lair. So when I was in grad school at the Savannah College of Art and Design, Don Bluth had like donated like a lot of those drawings from Dragon's Lair, Secret and really? stuff like that. So yeah, they were in the library. So, you know, you have to get and they have them in a special little, you know, room or whatever like that. And they, and they bring them out to you. Right. So I wanted to see those Dragon's Lair, you know, drawings. And I went and I asked for them and I I held those jokers in my hand, man. <laughs> those animation. Yeah. You know the actual ones. He donated them to the school. And um, and I was I was just like, man, you know, like here it is. You know, you, I'm seeing these drawings, these actual, actual drawings, animation drawings from this game. I, work, I still want a Dragon's Lair feature lift. And like I, I know I'm never gonna get it because the thing that they was gonna do, like Dragon Lair may come back. It was supposed to come back with possibly Ryan Reynolds. It was gonna possibly be animated. I think they didn't cancel it or they didn't pushed it back. It's still not gonna quite be the same, the animation they was gonna do, but it was gonna be like a, a prequel how Dirk became Dirk the Darren and met Daphne. That was gonna be the story, but I think it got canceled. Like I think man, they're not gonna those, let it follow through. That man, that that art, man. You can like I say, man, those animators, Don, those, those animators were good. Like, you know, those, you know, we we talk about a lot of, you know, like a lot of, you know, anime, you know, like animates, you know, stuff like that. But like those, 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 like I said, that that whole company with Don Bluth and uh, some of those Disney animators, man, those those are some some really good artists, man. And I like, might not have liked those, you know, care for like the movies so much, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't big on like this. Man, after I saw after I saw um uh Akira, everything changed for me. <laughs> I was just like, man, Lion King, what? Man, I'm not watching that kind of shit. I said, man, I'd have seen something way, I'd have seen something more way more phenomenal than that. You know, like but like it was beautiful though, man. Like I mean, man, like, can't with Akira. So I was just like, man, they can have all that, all that. <laughs> I was like, look, out bright in the nineties, I, I was so rebellious, dude. I was just like, <laughs> like is what you watching today. Akira is what you turn on when TBS for some reason got. It was always TBS, sometimes TNT. Like if you didn't have all the cable channels, mm -hmm. TBS would be like your only way to get animated movies. Like it'll be random. You know, you just turn on TBS, they just show any goddamn shit. Man. Like they had to edit it out a little bit. It was TNT, TBS, and USA that would show kind of the semi-adult risque stuff. Even mm -hmm. though they had to like pare it down, you might still see a little bit of something. But like, that's where I first saw 
Summer Kira, and they would show Vampire Hunter D on TBS all oh, the time. Yeah. I'm telling you, we had all those on videotape, man. They have like Blockbuster, some of the video stores, man, when they first started like bringing that stuff in. I want to say the first OVA that I remember that I rented was uh, down in New Orleans. I think it was Animigo, they, that company. And uh, it was, uh, I rented Gunbuster and Dangayo. And I was just like, you know what? <laughs> forget all this, forget Transformers, forget all this other stuff. <laughs> I said, man, I have like, you know, this like, man, hold up, man. What the hell? So after that, man, you know, like once we start getting the VHS tapes, you know what I'm saying? And like in some of the comic book stores, you know, you can order them out the previews and stuff like that. It was it was on, man. And uh, I know Blockbuster had to die for Netflix and and Amazon to to pave the way for the new generation and the new. I miss them Blockbuster stores, man. Shout out to Blockbuster, man. I I read it. Vampire Hunter D Lust, Blood Lust out of there, other stuff. I got that on DVD in my living room. <laughs> they kept my passion for anime. You know, it was scarce when I didn't have, you know, cable, different things, and I was busy with school. But they kept it going. I was like, you know what? Let me just rent something out of Blockbuster. Like, what the hell is Vampire D Blood Lust? I didn't know that was part two. Let's yeah, rent it. Man, love oh, it. Yeah. I somehow boot, I might have bootlegged the tape, made a copy of it. I think I learned how to take DVDs and I was able to transfer it to. I had a, it was one of them weird Apex DVD machines. Where you oh man, to, I had one of those. I just, and man, my Apex like, just broke down on me. I've been having that thing since Apex the night. Apex machines, when they first came out, you could like copy the DVD or transfer it to VHS or something. It was a trick to it where you can copy it. chip for mine, man. When I was, when, when me, and, me and Kurt, F them, when, when we were living together in St. Gabriel, we were roommates. And I got one. And man, they had a they had a website called Apex Mod Chip to where like get this mod chip for it, right? And uh and it makes and it makes your DVD player all region. Cause you remember they had region codes for like all the different uh DVDs. Like if you want to get DVDs from Japan, those are region two. Hong Kong was region three, Korea was region three, I believe. Man, I remember the region codes, and then like sometimes they'll have region zeros where they could play. And but then you know, the whole bootleg scene on eBay start popping off to where like the people, uh, cats were, were like taking Japanese movies and the Hong Kong movies and even some animes that didn't come out and they were subtitled them themselves and they'll burn them on DVD and sell them. Man, I had a ton of those and I ain't even talk about like, man, back in the day when Gameware first opened up, man, it, we yeah. used to get bootlegs from them behind the counter all the time. <laughs> I just know that there was a Apex would let you at least take a DVD and you can somehow transfer it to a VHS. It may not, the copy may not always last or the fidelity will break down, but it was some weird trick that you could actually just make your VHS copies. Man, and I was like, some DVD players, but they were doing uh, all that. And matter of fact, DVD. I got mine from Montgomery Wards at Bomber Shake Mall. the Cox Building is now. <laughs> we done went down all the rabbit hole of the 90s and 2000s. Bro, I spent $199 on that DVD player, dude. No yeah. lie. Bruh, yes, yes, kids. DVD players were expensive as hell. Yes. <laughs> Apex DVD players was a must-have when you was in college. Like they started getting a little more affordable, but when the DVD player first came out, you know everybody wanted the name brand, and I found everybody found out Apex. Not only are they cheaper, they do all this shit that you couldn't do with nothing else. And then the top of this stuff, you can do all out of ten. You have a DVD player, couldn't you couldn't play in your Sony, you couldn't play in your Panasonic, 
you couldn't play in your um what's another one your Phillips Magnavox mm-hmm. Apex thing never skip like what no bro the Apex D bro I'm telling you man like mine just broke on me I want to say like three months ago and I've been having that thing since the midnight when I'm telling you it's the same one I got from Montgomery Ward because it's big you know it's probably about as big it was probably as <laughs> big as about three DVD players now you know what I'm saying and yeah like, DVD players are the size of a turntable. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that thing was huge. But, bro, man, Montgomery Wards, man. <laughs> bon Marche Mall, $199. Got that joker, man. And I was like, forget this. I got to get some DVDs. And I think the first DVDs I got, I got was Princess Mononoke and uh, Shinya Sakamoto's Tetsuo the Iron Man. Those were, like, the first two DVDs I got. And I was just like, boy, I, I, I felt like I was in the on the whole other realm. And what's so crazy is, man, I haven't even bought a Blu-ray player or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? But um, uh, with all the streaming stuff, yeah, I, I do miss going into the stores like Blockbuster and stuff like that. And it's crazy now, like, I don't even buy Blu-rays. Like, I have it just because I got a Sony PlayStation 4. I had a 3. Wow, it was Blu-ray since the 2. So I've had a, well, no, it was a 2. It was DVD player. But, like, you know, even the Sony PlayStation 2 couldn't work as good as the Apex. I kid nah. you, like, and and that was a good DVD player, but it was not a you had you had two, and then you have your Apex DVD player on top of it. Yep. <laughs> it was like, all right, then, you know, you can play like if you you know you had like, and, and look, y'all, well, I'm gonna keep this really, 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 really PG. So you follow along with me if you know where I'm going, um, or or just nod your head and. Don't 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 say this. I ain't gonna ruin your episode. But like you know, when you had like a date, you played on the PlayStation Two or whatever, just because it was like you know new tech and nobody had like oh it, like video game plays that. But when you with your boys, you watching crazier stuff. You use your Apex. I'm gonna leave that to y'all imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Or whatever events from your snuff field that was out that was a little bit like everybody whip out the apex. <laughs> Somebody whip out the apex DVD because it's going down. You know, was it driving trucks and he want to put on a movie session? Whip out the apex DVD. Like, that's you know, when he having when he was out a good time, when he ain't want to be bothered, he just was. Chilling with smoking, drinking, whatever, and he watching movies. Apex DVD, like y'all for real. Like if I if Apex, I don't know if that company still exists, but damn it, if y'all ever came back, I would be a spokesperson for y'all. Man, no joke. I'm telling you, and when I got that mod chip, man, I'm glad I got it when I did. Cause soon as I bought it, I want to say a month after that, they took that that, that site just went offline. <laughs> they were probably like Apex was probably like, look here, nah, y'all can't y'all can't sling these no more. But, uh, like, yeah. telling you, man, I, an Apex DVD player was the joy for sure. I hope we, did, I hope we didn't mess up Apex business, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> everybody figure out what they can do with the things. So, like, man, <laughs> bro, like, I don't know. That's just a wild, like, that is a wild time where people actually, I'm not computer savvy and it made me smarter with computers. That in my space, I just, everybody learned how to code. Even at the time, everybody was playing. My, had MySpace, an Apex DVD player, and we had arcades, y'all. That's how it was before COVID. 
And I still, I, I love that old tech, man. You know, you still, you know what I'm saying? You still need some of that stuff, man. You know, it's cool, all the streaming stuff and, the, you know, these new, uh, new Macs, Thunderbolt and everything, all this streaming and all this crazy stuff. But uh, I like old tech, man. Yeah, I mean, let me have a, a DVD burner in my computer and all that stuff like that. <laughs> I, I love that old tech, man. Ain't nothing like it. Ain't nothing I'm like it. My first, one of my first side hustles. Like, I ain't even ashamed. And first, I ain't the only person who did this at Southern University. Shout out to my homie Peppy. But, uh, <laughs> like, I used to, like, a couple of people, we would be slanging CDs on campus. I, I worked at Converges. I, I you know, oh, Converges. I joined the ranks. Like, it was like about two, three, you know, burn people, you know, burn, you know, CD salesmen. People mm-hmm. like, I like, you ain't got this, got this. I'll be like, yeah, I got this. They'll come to me. They'll come to, like, I ain't having nowhere near like a few other people. I have like a few, you know, you know, have a nice little clean little thing. Me and my, me and my, my now wife, she had the burner. She had this old, old computer. And I would come to the air burn. And we use Kazai. <laughs> Kazai. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Hey, bro, I would be, we would be running that thing on the, on the I think she had DSL or that, uh, on the slow one, and we were just popping a movie just while we wait for CDs to burn. And I kid you not, I hustled enough CDs to pay for our first vacation to ever go to Biloxi when I turned 21. And that's what we did. We went to the casino when I was able to finally go in there, and we gambled a little bit, and we had fun. Hey, man, shoot. Hey, the CD, hey. I'm not even mad with you because I used to buy bootlegs all the time. So just, you know, if I couldn't get, it was a certain thing. And and the truth be told, man, a lot of the better stuff was on bootleg. A lot of the stuff that you couldn't get. Man, the mixtapes. You, know, you had to get you know, it. Mixtapes, movies. Especially you know, if, if you like Houston screw, screw music, I don't even think they made those things legally. Like, I think they were all bootlegs. Like, I would mm-hmm. never seen... A, a DJ screw mix that was not a bootleg. Yep. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Man, it's, 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 that, it's that whole thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, what I love, that whole tangibility thing. And I think that's why, you know, like, I got back into buying vinyl like the last five years, you know what I'm saying? Bought another, bought a turntable and just started, you know, like buying vinyl. You know, it's all about, man, having something in your hand. You know, it's cool. You know, like I got shit ton of music, you know, whether it's on iTunes, on this phone or Bandcamp or whatnot. But I definitely, you know what I'm saying, especially like independent artists that really nobody knows about. I definitely, you know what I'm saying, uh, buy like a physical, especially if it's some nice. I will say this, y'all listeners, I'm sorry. I know I said about 20 minutes ago that we was going to end at our market. I just messed this up. Like I made this, I made this show go too long, so maybe I need to. I don't, you know, I usually don't timestamp it. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you another, another moment again. Tell people where they can find you, and check out, you know, what you do and all that stuff. Sure, man. Once again, we had a, we had to go down the night. Look, it feels so good talking about this. I feel so happy that there's a retro arcade. Look, y'all, y'all understand COVID. Look, I work with the public, y'all. The public is stupid. I love the public. Y'all, y'all and these COVID deniers and these anti-vaxxers hurt my soul. Every little bit of day, they rip something for me. So to have this brother here talk about stuff before 
<laughs> pre-COVID, it's gonna be a pre-COVID timeline in history books <laughs> one day and talk about old stuff, technology, anime, this and that. But you know, shout out to you, Nate, man. Thank you again so much for coming. Oh man, thank you for having dude. Where to find you? Okay. So once again, you know, before we got sidetracked on some real fun <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> You're on Facebook, Nathaniel A. Landry. On Instagram, you can uh, find me as Alphonse underscore Joseph, A-L-P-H-O-N-S-E underscore J-O-Z-E-F-F. And also... Um, you can check out the healthcare gallery and spa on Facebook and Instagram and also LMNOP art on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. Okay. So I'm going to end it. Cause I don't want to go down another fun rabbit hole. This is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm, saying. I'm, I'm joking. Like y'all like, look, forgive me out there. You all, but y'all don't understand. The brother knew the damn comic book shop. <laughs> like, that is an obscure memory that I have as a child. I don't know why I remember it, but I remember those dark, vicious Ninja Turtle versions that <laughs> I think everybody should experience the darkness and the pain of those comic books. You know, oh, we love little smiling turtles. We love the, we know, you know, they used to have no pupils. They used to look crazy. But I'm joking. I'm joking. But for real, uh, I'm Keith Cooper on Facebook. You can hit me up as long as you ain't with the foolishness. And if you follow me and, you know, you know, you got contrary, you know, opinions, especially about, you know, COVID and taking horse meds, please unfollow me. Uh, <laughs> just being honest. Uh, some nonsense to have, you know, and you won't follow that. I don't I don't care no more. Like, you know, for real, like, you ain't even no, no, no. I hate you nothing. I just hate your views. If you're really on that, please unfollow me. If you don't believe in mask or wearing doing the vaccine or you're an anti-vaxxer, man, just 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 fall off. Just fall off the wayside. No problems. No, no worries. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I've also blurred period ish on IG. Uh, you know, follow us. We always have a sale each month on on merch. Um, I'm going to Getting ready to put some stuff back out there now that we're a little bit, you know, calming down after the hurricane and there's some life changes happening. But about to get back out there in a pop-up game. Uh, shout out to Ronina. By the time y'all hear this in the next week, in the next, this week, uh, she's going to be doing BIPOC Vampire Day at Duvik. Oh, man, Martin she's Park. awesome, man. That's my girl. She's awesome. She is so awesome. So hearing this and you are a – Black or brown vampire, and you into the art, you golf, whatever. Come check it out. I might be there slinging some vampire centric books. I got like at least three or four of them. Shout out to Nicole Kurt Smith. Uh, so I got some, I just got a fresh batch of copies of Slate. Uh, of course, I have Day Black from uh Keith Cross. Oh, Keith Cross, man. Yeah, I did an art show with him, man, in 2009 in, uh, in Atlanta. Cross is dope. Yeah, I dope. got his. I got his book for sale, Day Black, both volumes, one and two. Yeah. Um, I, uh, of course, I got uh, Chris City Monsters uh, from um, from Newton Loire. Um, shout out to Newton Loire. And uh, he was also a guest at this recent Mid-City Microcon early in August. 
Um, so, you know, he zoomed in, talked about, you know, world building and black comics, along with Jason Reeves as well, too. Um, so, um, yeah, shut up. Shout out to Jason, the Jason. West Bank big shot from the East Bank, from the, from, from not the, from not the West Bank. Oh, he hated it. I'm just saying, your two kids, your two kid characters, they're from the West Bank. I don't know, homie, man. I don't know. I know you. I mean, I think his wife from the West Bank, so I guess she won out. So, <laughs> West Bank big shot. That's how that worked. But uh, <laughs> Jason, do not like that. <laughs> he gonna get you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so that's what's going on next. Uh, I will hopefully I'll be at the next Mid City Makers. I am also trying to bring back Anime Night. I'm trying to work on that with Red Stick Reads. I'm trying to see where I could rotate it. You know, amongst a couple of places. Like you know, I before COVID had a, had Anime Night starting to roll. So much happened before that. I was of course doing it with Lazy Nerds. Did it at his last spot when he was at the mall no longer there but mm-hmm. of course you know if you find me and we doing a pop-up you probably see the homie lazy nerds he's always welcome so i'm just letting y'all know that before october as long as nothing crazy happened think hopefully there are no storms there are no more hurricanes i know we got a tropical storm coming this week coming towards houston houston i hope y'all safe yeah. but you know just follow us y'all we got events coming shout out to run to uh, Rondrika, I want to work with her and the uh, the J set, the J fashion crowd. Want to bring them into Anime Night or different things. So man, it's just I, I want all of us who are doing this art stuff, comics, you know, nerdy stuff, anime, otaku stuff in Baton Rouge. We really got to get it grouped up. You know, there's no more MechaCon in New Orleans, so there's one less big meeting melting pot for that to happen. You know, that con ended. So it's just we need more places where people feel comfortable no matter what age, no matter what race and background to better do this. So hopefully the arcade becomes another meeting ground where people can go and have fun memories of Spaceport and like that. And that becomes a new thing that lasts for hopefully till we old and great can't play no more video games, you know, for sure, you know, we, we really, you know. <clears throat> and that's what I appreciate about this episode, man. Just a good melon pot. And that's what the arts do for you. You know, and that's what I take from your episode that what you're basically saying and how it evolved, but you also learn by what it taught you and how it helps you go forth. So and I'm not an artist. I'm just a dude who sell it. So, but that's how it touched me. <laughs> hey, man, it's all going to touch us, you know what I'm saying? You know, in all, so in so many different ways and, uh, how art touches you should not be the same way that it touches me. And that's the beauty, you know, the beauty of it. You know what I'm saying? Like to have, uh, you know, different views on how we see, you know, maybe like the same piece or even like, maybe like a, like a, like a genre of, of, of art or music or anything like that. So I feel you on that for sure. And I definitely, man, like I said, this was a real fun, real fun uh, podcast, man. And I, Thank you for having me on for sure. And on that note, I'm gonna end it because you know I don't get too preachy. 
And I know there's somebody like, oh, God, he's still talking. But uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> you Kendrick, if you listen, I hope I ain't make this too long. I don't know, but I hope you enjoy it. Shout out to Kendrick. You know, shout out to, again, to LMLP. And I uh, appreciate y'all for making this happen. I was, you know, I've been wanting to have Nate on. I just lost track. And so thank y'all for bringing that to my attention. You know, really appreciate that. So I hope I can make out to the uh, ending reception and come see it. You know, and I just, I look, man, I love to see dope ex- exhibitions. And I encourage you all to go see, you know, if you ain't seen the art ex- exhibition, go out and sh- support your local artists, support these black artists. You know, right. find out what make them tick. Find out how it may inspire you along your day. So, and uh, also just got to shout out Nina again. Go see the Green Book exhibit downtown in Baton Rouge. Oh my God, it is phenomenal. Um, you know, if you don't understand what the Green Book is or was, this is your your learning day. Go go see that. So I'm gonna say good night, Nate. Again, thank you. Y'all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On several i uh, podcast apps, but always go to www.blerd-ish.com. That's www.blerd.com. Check it out there. It's always on Anchor and various apps. Check it out, and I'm gonna say good night and peace. Peace. Peace.